Hey everyone, before we start the show, we want to say a huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. We literally couldn't do the show without you. For just $5 a month, you get early access to all our episodes and access to Patreon-exclusive releases such as the Call of Cthulhu modern day scenario The Space Between, Cult Divinity Lost with Craig from Red Moon Roleplay as our GM, and our current Patreon-exclusive Amid the Ancient Trees, a Call of Cthulhu scenario GM'd by Matt Sanderson, the writer himself. So if that sounds good to you, then please head over to patreon.com forward slash howyrollpodcast. Now, on with the show. Last session, uh, our group of heroes arrived in Puno and immediately went looking for Nero, who is a contact of Jackson Elias's, uh, who might be able to help them just put together the last bits of information they need to help locate the, uh, the exact spot on which this pyramid is built. Unfortunately, when they went to Nero's house, they were unable to find her there. They did, however, find a charming young man called Antonio, who was looking around in a completely non-suspicious manner, um, and and who initially seemed to want to go with them to the market, but then decided to go off and meet some friends. Uh, Tess and McNulty went off and followed him, and it turned out that the friends that he met up with, as you know, Antonio himself is, uh, were pistachos. Tess determined this by stabbing one of them in the kidneys, which proved to be a, uh, an absolutely perfect test. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the others who were hiding in the marketplace uh, saw all this going on, and in the commotion managed to convince the crowd there that their friends were being attacked by Pishtaku, and managed to turn the crowd against them uh, while they fled the market along with this uh, seller of, of herbs and vegetables they'd met there, uh, whose name was Kalari, who was a, a friend of Nehra's. Uh, Kalari had told them that Nehra is in hiding because, well, there are all these bad people after her. She was also a bit concerned that the Pishtaku who had attacked them did not seem to match the usual profile, and they aren't normally found in the city either, so something is changed. And with that, we left it that you were trying to just, I think, to make sure that you weren't being tailed before you were going to go off and find Naira, is that right? Yep. Okay, so how are you going about doing this? Uh, well, I was going to be just looking over my shoulder. Okay. Um, Some blind double backs and stuff like that, I guess. Well, it's late afternoon at the market, so the market will have a natural closing. So I think maybe we wait until that time, and you know, the that'll at least reduce the number of people that we have to look at suspiciously. Well, I think yep. there's a big enough crowd gathered around the pistachos that are concerned with that. If we walk the other direction, we should be able to pick out anybody who's obviously coming after us, maybe at least. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're you're not waiting around until the market closes. You're what, taking advantage of the natural movement of the crowds to try to pick them out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. In which case, which one of you is going to try to make the spot hidden roll for the group? Um, I'm at 40. I don't know if anyone's got higher. I'm at I 60. am higher than that. 41. I have 70. 75. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at 80, so I guess it's probably me. Okay, McNulty's keen young eyes. 68 versus 80. Okay, yeah, you, you look throughout the crowd and... Uh, actually, let me just make a roll. Okay, and yeah, you, you don't spot anyone following you. I think we're okay, guys. I don't think there's anything or anyone following us. Hmm. I'm gonna. We'll go a little bit further, and then I want to check again just to make sure. Okay. Uh, so when you say you go a bit further, what you're wandering around town a little bit, what just checking to see whether you've got a tail? Yeah, literally. Okay. Uh, then yeah, I. Uh, I, I won't make you roll again for that because it, you know it's it it success before. You're, you're fairly certain there is no one following you. All right. Why so then I look to Kalari and say, you know, so where? What do we need to do to get to Nira? Is she is she nearby? Is she in town? Uh, she. Well, not exactly. No, uh, she's out on the lake at the moment. Uh, she she has some friends out on one of the floating islands, and she's staying with them. How long will it take us to get there? Uh, if if we can get a boat fairly easily, we 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 can probably make it there in maybe an hour or less. Let's try that then. Let's let's make our way down towards the the lake and see if we can't find a boat to take us over despite the uh, the sort of seriousness of the situation sebastian is looking really excited <laughs> and he's sort of just going I've, I've always wanted to visit the floating islands it's just if i've read all about them i never thought i'd even get to see them let alone get onto one this is incredible. <laughs> and then he sort of realizes how serious it is. he's trying to keep it to himself but anyone who's standing near him is is, is hearing this constant tirade of excitement Kilari <laughs> looks around at you fairly well actually she's got a bit of a smile she says oh you've heard of them then oh yes so um back in cambridge um i i planned this trip meticulously um obviously it's not quite gone to plan but this is one of the the highlights that i was really hoping to see i've heard all about the the uru or the uros as as, as, as i've heard they've, they've called um really really interesting such like, people just live on them don't they yes 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 they they, they fish out there they have hats on the on the islands and yes it, it is their lives they're made of reeds or something, aren't they? What are they, what are they made of? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, reeds. Wow. This is, we're, 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 I, mean, I won't say we're lucky, because obviously we're being chased by flesh-sucking vampires, but this is a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yes, says, so, says Kalari. <laughs> um, well, I, I, I am, I'm very happy that this is exciting for you. Um, what, do you think they have any of this corn beer while, while we're there? We can ask. Love, lovely. Well, <laughs> I've, I've heard it's not, but you, you know what I mean. I, I, and she wanders ahead of Sebastian a bit, shaking her head. <laughs> and and he'll, he'll continue on uh, with his excitement until we uh, until we move. 
<laughs> and and once you're certain that you're not being followed, uh, Kilari leads you around to the um, uh, to a little dock. Um, and she goes up and she talks to a, a man who's working there. He seems to be a fisherman. Um, and, you know, speaks to him for a little bit. And you know, she says, it's all right, he's, we, 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 can, we can hire this boat off him. And she points to this, you know, sort of fairly long, narrow reed boat. Uh, that, you know, much like the islands that, uh, that Sebastian's been raving about is actually made of woven reeds. This is like the bundle of reed boat where that's they've kind of formed it. You kind of sit astride it. No, 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 it looks almost like a sort of long canoe, but with high ends. But it is made entirely of woven reeds. Right. Hmm. This this seems safe. <laughs> I mean, just see thinking... them wood. This this what's the worst gonna happen? Let's get in this thing and go. <laughs> um. Sebastian's uh, going to Titanic this thing. He's getting right up front. <laughs> oh, do, do we all fit in the same one? Or is it, are we going to require multiple reed boats? No, it's big enough to fit all, all six of you. Oh, okay. So, Wow. And we have to be in the same one as Sebastian, standing on the prow. <laughs> <laughs> Wind in his hair. <laughs> uh, poncho flapping behind him. <laughs> Christ. At the time you're setting off, it is now sunset. Uh, so it's, you know, they, the, the sun is setting over Lake Titicaca and, you know, they, it's, uh, it's getting really quite dark. Uh, they, there's a definite chill in the air as well. As we are kind of getting settled on the boat, I'd like to take the knife that I used to stab the vampire and see if I can gather a sample of the blood um, and oh, put yeah. it into some kind of a container and maybe analyze that at a later time. Sure, yeah, yeah. Do you admit a roll of biology or just kind of assume no, that no, I take just... my time? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You're not under any time pressure. Perfect. Okay, um, and yeah, I mean, a few of you will need to row in order to to get out there, and uh, Kilari directs you where to go. You can see in the fading light there are a number of these these reed islands out there, these floating islands um, that you know these fairly large structures. Uh, they you know they're, they're you know, a couple of hundred feet across at least uh, that have huts on them. And I mean, they just look like you know almost small villages out there on the water. Um, and she's directing you through them uh, towards one that, yeah. But by, by the time you you paddle out there, is probably reckon a couple of miles away from Puno. Well, that's cool. What I will say though is, do uh, give me a spot hidden roll. Uh, anyone who wants. Okay. Cool. It's a no. It's a hard oh success for me. No, I fail. 97 versus 80. Oh boy. Oh boy. So did anyone pass? Oh god, no. I did. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 that's great. Okay. T tested, cool. I think. Yeah, I've got a 36 versus 75, so a hard success. Okay, so I mean, everyone else is, is taking in the sights and the beautiful sunset and the uh, these floating islands, you do notice that, I mean, there was another one of these boats out on the water when you left. 
And it may be a coincidence, but it does seem to have been following you, or at least moving in the same general direction. It, you know, perhaps it wasn't quite so obvious initially because there were more boats out in the water and there was a higher density of these, these floating islands. But now that you're coming out to the edge of them, I mean, it may be, you know, coincidence may be perfectly innocent, but it certainly does seem to be heading the same direction. Um, so I will light my pipe and say, do uh, any of you think it's odd that uh, this boat just happens to be going in the same direction that we're going? Oh, sorry, what boat? <laughs> uh, that and right over there. And I just point to the to the boat in question. The boat that none of you had seen. Oh, no, there's a boat. <laughs> I was so fascinated oh, with this floating town. Um, uh, I'll, I'll point it out to Kalari and, and see if we can maybe snake around the islands a little bit to see if we can lose the boat or maybe get closer to the boat without going closer to Naira. She looks a bit... I guess paralyzed with with indecision. No, she says, but yeah, I I don't know what we can do now. I mean, if we if we head back, then we won't see Naira. Well, I don't want to head back. I wanna I want to just like not go to Naira directly. Oh, right. I want to go somewhere else so that we can maybe get a little closer, maybe slow down a little bit and get closer to that other boat to see who's on it. So where where should we go? She says. I mean, how big are these islands? These islands are, are fairly large. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just go to a different island or a different uh, a different part of that island, I guess. We could also uh, just stop and wait and see who these people are. Yeah, that's another option. We just quit moving. Let's mm -hmm. just stop right here. That's a good option. And see if they stop. Then we'll know for certain. Okay, so you're stopping out you know, between a couple of the islands. I mean, close to the one you were heading to. Just, just a practical thing. Did we go to a hotel first? Like, are we armed? Or did I have my pistol. I'm armed. <laughs> He's a deadly weapon in his own. Because yeah. so. <laughs> I think, I mean, Charles had a shotgun at one point. I don't actually know who's, who has Charles. Uh, sorry, um, Sebastian's shotgun. If it's anywhere on the board, I'm going to drop it in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Tess had it, maybe? Or I Yeah, think... I've got a double barrel and a single barrel. Oh, yeah, so one of those was mine. <laughs> all yeah, that, all that lady needs. <laughs> Uh, I'll pass you the single barrel now. Good cause. <laughs> Swings it round and points it at um, accidentally. So as he's swinging it round, it sort of points it with Nolte briefly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a rifle, and because uh, I didn't have it when we went in the basement earlier, and that was a hard lesson learned. Okay, it's just so... an amount of trauma. <laughs> Okay, so you have a variety of weapons. Uh, there is this this boat that is out there, you know, um, yeah, on the water, not too far away from you. And and certainly when you stop, it stops. But it, I mean, it is close to the edge of one of the other floating islands, so maybe it's docking there. I mean, it's it's really quite dark at this stage. It's getting quite difficult to follow it on the water. Hmm. Should we go right at it? Do you just want to charge it? <laughs> but, well, no, hang on, because oh, they could boys. just be like a family, you know, coming home after the market. Well, we don't kill yeah, them. Yeah, we're not going to stab them in the kidneys first. 
No, but just put it into context. They think that all, all white people are pishtakus, and if we come running out of the night waving our weapons... But you don't wave the weapons. You can just keep the weapon down underneath the, the, the edge of the boat so nobody sees that it's down there at your feet. Don't... I mean, just don't bite anyone, you're don't, fine. Don't point it at them. That's rude. I'll, I'll, I think I'll, we I'll just gingerly row beside them and make decisions in high-intensity situations, which is the best time to make yeah. decisions. Yeah. We nail him every you, time. Wh- wh- Looks at his yeah. chest, which is just still bandaged. We just up. ride up and ask him where the bathroom <laughs> is. And... Don't ask that video again. Okay, so you're, you're rowing up next to this boat. I mean, the boat at this stage has, has stopped next to one of the, the nearby floating islands, and you know, it seems to be lashing itself to, you know, what passes for a pier there. Um, and yeah, th- th- there are a, a couple of young men uh, in there uh, who are in the process of getting out. Who who look a bit nervous, you know, perhaps as you're you're coming towards them. I'll nudge Kalari to, to have her, like, shout out and uh, a greeting to see if she recognizes them. And... Okay. Um, she says, uh, hello, <laughs> and, and waves at them. And <laughs> they, 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 you know, sort of wave back. <laughs> Um, she gets every bit the hostage this She says, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I, I don't know everyone in town. <laughs> That's a fair point. Well, if they've tied up and, and are, are on shore, let's just, we'll just circle around and go back the way we were coming, yeah. I guess. And maybe we'll be able to get to Naira before they can get back in their boat and come after us. Okay. All right. So it sounds like you're trying to make quick progress across the uh, the pond and get there before they have a chance to catch up. Right. In which right. case, I'm I'm yeah. not enough of a bastard to ask someone to make a pilot boat roll because the default on that is zero one and no one ever has it. <laughs> uh, well, actually, wait. Actually, I understand. <laughs> I might I might actually have it. <laughs> oh, if you do. Do I have a pilot boat? No, I don't. Sorry. There was a, there was a choice. There was genuinely a choice at one point because I was like, I'm a sailor. I'm not going to need this. I'm in Peru. Fine. Uh, Sorry. So I I will give uh, whoever's rowing a chance to make a strength roll. Uh, make it a hard strength roll okay. uh, just to see how quickly you can... How many How many of us are rowing? It feels like I'm the bitch of the group, so I'm happy to roll. I, uh... Sebastian has a strength of 40, so probably not him. <laughs> I'm I'm a sixty-five, so I'm probably in. I'm I I'm a seventy a as well, so seventy-four versus ninety. I'll take that back. Sebastian's definitely rowing, <laughs> <laughs> probably in the wrong direction. <laughs> yes, yeah. splashing the person behind. <laughs> I imagine Sebastian's rowing the same way a kid is playing a computer game with her dad, giving the controller a snap dog dude and do what you can do. You know? Well, I think the problem is McNulty. McNulty is rowing on one side, Sebastian's rowing on the other, and Just you're going around in circles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, eventually, despite all this, you do manage to sort out a direction and get to the other island. 
Um, I mean, there are, but by the stage it's now fully dark. Yeah, there are clouds overhead and you can barely see anything. Well, you do hear sounds out in the water every now and then that might be a boat following you, but it's difficult to tell. So let's get on, let's go ahead and tie up and get off, get out of sight as quickly as possible so maybe they don't realize if it's our canoe that they witness there when they pass it, they might not be able to tell. Yeah, I agreed. But certainly, when you, know, when you get to the island you're going to, you know, there are a few lights on there, there are a few lanterns. Um, and, you know, as the boat comes up to, you know, to, to dock, you can see a number of men come forward uh, carrying a whole variety of weapons. A few of them have got guns, others have got... Um, you know, improvised weapons, knives, you know, lengths of stick. Uh, they, they, you know, for, in the little bit of light you have, they, you know, you can tell from their faces they look unhappy about your arrival. Yeah, let's definitely have Kalari try and greet them and make this better, <laughs> so they don't kill us outright. Yeah, Kalari gets out and you know, sort of runs over to them and you know, starts speaking to them and then in Quechua. And, um, yeah, they, they quickly diffuses the situation. And, uh, yeah, uh, after a few moments, there's there's a bit of laughter. And, you know, one of them says to you in Spanish, come on, come on, and welcomes you onto the I'll island. ask him if he had another boat, you know, if he was if he had a pair of guards or something in the boat guarding the lake, or if that's someone who's following us. He says, no, no, all the men have come in from fishing now. Then there's someone out still that's after us, I believe. Uh, he goes and gets a lantern and starts flashing it across the water. I don't see anyone. Hmm. We'll, we'll keep an eye out. Good enough. Um, and with that, yeah, another one of the men leads you over to uh, one of these these reed huts that's built on the the surface of of the floating island. Um. And there's, you know, an old woman standing in the doorway of the hut, you know, backlit by the lantern that's going in there. And, you know, Jackson recognizes her immediately as Nero. Yeah, she she comes out and, you know, is, is a, a big grin crosses her face. Ah, ah, Jackson, come, come in. And I'll go and, you know, greet her and everything. This is my, these are my friends. We're here uh, together. Ah. Trying to kill the piss tacos, fish tacos. Oh, I, I, you, you, yes, yes. Th- things things have got bad. I mean, uh, since since you were here last time and you asked me all those questions about the the fish taco, uh, we we seem to have made people angry. Well, I, I say people, but yeah, yes. Th- things things are bad. But yes, bring, bring your friends in. Bring your friends in. Um, and she invites you into a little hut, which, you know, this, this fairly small reed hut that's really not big enough to seat all of you comfortably, but, you know, you can try to, you know, squeeze yourselves in on the floor. Uh, she, 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 you know, gives a wink to Jackson, uh, and, you know, uh, digs around in the little bag and uh, he goes up to Sebastian and says uh, yeah would you like some um, some dried meat um, um 
Uh, when you say meat, uh, it, what, what, what type of meat? Oh, it's it's goat. Oh, oh, lovely. Yes, I've never tried goat before. Yes, and she she gives you a little, you know, sort of what, what looks like a bit of dried jerky. Oh, uh, lo- lovely. Uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll I'll give it a go. And he sort of okay. very gingerly sort of starts nibbling the edge of it. I and and yeah, you, you start start chewing on it, biting into it, and yeah. You, it probably takes you longer than than you'd like to realise that you're chewing on just a bit of wood bark. And, and Nera looks at you and just starts laughing. And, yeah, I, she, she says, I, "I'll never forget the look on your face." Oh, you just bit into it. <laughs> she says, pointing at Jackson. I almost broke a tooth. Bad. Is this like a initiation ceremony? Am I like a, a member of the tribe now? She laughs, slaps her knee, and then very seriously says, no. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought I'd inadvertently married someone or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. But, yeah, she says, yes, after all your questions about uh, yeah, Luis de Mendoza and and what he was doing in town and the, this this new friend of his, Mr. Larkin, things started changing in Puno. These, these people, I, I don't know, new people came to town. People who'd lived there before started changing. I mean, it's, I, you know, they... they Yes, we we. We'll tell her about the uh, the the non or the the native looking pistachios that we found in yes. town as well. Yes, yes, exactly like that, exactly like that. Yeah, the, the, this is this is what's so frightening. I mean, yeah, we 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 used to know that you know if we saw people who looked like your friends here that they they might be pistaku, but but it was they they were never people like us. So you're saying this is this is new? Yes. Like, how new? Like just in the last couple of months? Yes, yes. Since since Jackson was in town asking. Hmm. Is there a way that you that you know that somebody is a pishtaku without them getting all weird mouthed and whatnot? No, I. Uh, you know, we we always knew that if you were out in the countryside and you saw. You know, a, 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 an old, thin, white man with with a big hat. That yeah, that that was someone to be avoided. But but now, no, there, there's no way of telling. It's hmm. it's frightening. How does one become a pishtaku? I I don't know. Uh, well, actually, I mean, now there's a point. I I. I yeah, I, I'm just prompting the rest of you as players because it has been some time. There was some stuff that happened back in Lima that you know, might, yeah, you know, might you know, sort of come to mind. Um, but yeah, I, no, I won't make you all for this. I'll remind you just because it, it has been some time. But you do remember that uh, Doctor Sanchez. Uh, you know, had one of these these worm-like grubs, you know, sort of inserted inside him, and he said that it was because De Mendoza had kissed him. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. How how could I forget that that lovely thing? Cool. Okay. 
Well, to be fair, we were trying to put it into everyone else for a while. Then, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so one, no, no uh, kissing them. I guess that people aren't technically Pishaku, right? So they're just they're the carriers. There's a host. Am I am I understanding that correctly? It's kind of what it sounds like. Does does uh, Jackson Elias's knowledge of the Karasiri does that tie into the Pistaku? That's essentially what he was researching in this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're basically two different names for the same thing. For uh, the same thing, right? So, does his knowledge of the Karasiri go so far as to transmission of, or I know he thinks no. it's all folklore, but yeah, even then, I mean, none of this is covered by the folklore. There's nothing in the folklore about people becoming Pishtaku. There's, you know, they've always just been these monsters out in the countryside. You know, it's, it's not like the classic vampire legends of Europe, you know, where you can become a vampire. Hmm. There's they're something else. Yeah. So it seems to me that the lore exists just to protect people from, you know, these outside forces. Sebastian, you were saying... That there's like a pyramid full of those wriggling worms, is that correct? Well, I sent something. Um, and again, you have to remember, remind me, Scott. There was this is why we're heading to Lake Titicaca. We felt that there was a like a site that was being. That, I mean, that's what Larkin was going to take us to originally. That's right. For us yeah, to explore. So, yeah. So, so so yeah. I mean, Larkin had offered you you know the opportunity to find all these these golden artifacts, all these riches in this pyramid that had been lost to history. That was somewhere you know, up in the Andean Highlands, not necessarily very close to Puno, but not that far away either. And he claimed that he had managed to find the exact location of it, and that you know he was looking for people to to join him on this expedition there. Um. And, you know, so certainly that seems to tie in very much with the vision you had of where all these writhing grub-like things were. So we need to find this pyramid. Um, I mean, J- Jackson, is that, that, is that your name? Is that what you'd prefer us to call you now? No, it's fine, yeah. The, the other was a was a alias that I took on temporarily just to keep Larkin and Mendoza off, their, uh, off the trail. Very wise. So we need to find this pyramid and, I guess, potentially return the artifacts to appease these these awful grub monsters. But, um, and yet, where, where do we start? I mean, Lake Titicaca is huge. Do I have any notes on that from my previous visit here? No, I, you had a, a rough location from, um, you know, when you were talking to Larkin, I mean, he did point in, you know, a general area on a map, but he didn't exactly, you know, do an X marks and spot thing. If we ask um, Kalaria and Nira, do they, do they happen to know more? I, I, Nira, you know, she's hearing about all this in the, the pyramid and... Yeah, she says I, th- there is there is an old legend from the area that that may be related. I don't know. There, there was oh, yeah, Lake Titicaca. There, there there are gods everywhere around here. You know, there are gods in the lake, gods falling from the sky. It's it's, it's got gods everywhere. It's a lake full of gods. But um, th- there was one story that there was a, a particularly old and and evil god that fell from the sky and landed here and when it crawled out of the lake it 
it brought hunger with it. It wanted to eat everything it ate. It ate everything it, it devoured. And, uh, there, there, there's there, there's a, a hero in, in our, our local folklore. I, I suppose you could call him a, a trickster. Um, his name is Akiko. And he told this god that there were... that the most nutritious, the most delicious food could be found underground. Things like grubs and tubers and all the things in the earth. And so Akiko told the god to crawl into this old armadillo burrow. And, and then Akiko placed stones over the burrow and, and buried him down there and and what is it? He, he he made spells out of gold and bound bound the god into place there. And you know, in in the legends, you know, the the, the god is is still down there. But yeah, you know, I yeah, you know, it's a folk story. It's, it's a folk tale. Well, it's lining up rather well. <laughs> there, there is an old pyramid that is. You know, a, f- a day or two's travel out into the mountains from here. It is somewhere that people don't tend to go because, you know, there are these old stories, and you know, we, I, 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 I could show you perhaps on a map where it is. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, please, yeah, absolutely. What happened to the artifacts that Larkin showed us? way back when at the beginning of the scenario they're probably still in his hotel room didn't we search the hotel room did someone search the hotel room yeah but you know, you didn't take anything from, from Larkin's room you did take the mirror from Demandoza's room Demandoza's room yeah. I don't know what happened to that thing oh bugger <laughs> <laughs> um well if there if there is a pyramid within a day or two of here I say we check that out, um, but we don't know how many gold artifacts we might need to bring back if that's what we need to do to stop these uh, these fat vampires. So, you you said you saw like uh, many of these worms in a dream. It felt like like a host of them. It felt like thousands of these horrible burrowing creatures just waiting to to devour anyone who got too close. It was an awful, awful feeling. And I left my flamethrower at home. Damn. Okay. <laughs> uh, maybe some of these locals know, you know, what we need to do with... There must be some stories about how much gold to take back or something. I mean, there's got to be someone in this village who knows something, right? Have, have there been additional expeditions? or Is this like a, a high traffic area for people that are looking for treasure uh yeah Nera says that you know yes that yeah there are foreigners that come through here every now and then looking for uh, looking for tombs to rob but as far as she knows no one's gone to this one yet but yes it's probably only a matter of time the worrying thing if if, if we assume this legend's real and there are alien creatures, worms living underground that can possess like treat like a host, a parasite, they get into people. If we assume that 
Larkin is the original conquistador. And then he's travelling around infecting people, wearing big hats and something. But then now the locals have found the pyramid and they're being infected? Or is Larkin just going around kissing people? Like, do we need to deal with Larkin and that's it and that's done? Or do we need to go and deal with the pyramid or both? Or or maybe just go home and... I wonder if Larkin just got infected by the finding the pyramid. Maybe he's going to do what we did and... Oh, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. De Mendoza's the Conquistador yeah, and Larkin's yeah. the, the other Yeah, child. believe it or not, uh, they're Oxford, Larkin, not a Conquistador. Cambridge, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not the Cambridge, Ex- by the sounds e- of it. It explains the problem. <laughs> there, I think. Well, I, you know, if, if, if you want to have a, a knowledge, knowledge off uh, sort of pub quiz around um, ancient uh, history... Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll tack you to it. I, I mean, I may not be the most proficient in the ore. Okay, but, qu- um, question one. The origin of the name Larkin. You reckon Conquistador? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Maybe we should ask some of the locals rather than uh, B-Tech Cambridge here. I, I don't think this is a terrible idea. Why don't some of us go on an expedition to gather more information from the locals. I'd like to spend some time to set up a small lab here and determine whether or not the the blood of the samples that I've collected is of any use to us, if we're going to find out any information about the, the carriers, um, and just see what kind of scientific evidence that we have that can help guide us in the right direction. I don't want to state the obvious, but we're on a floating reed island. I imagine they don't have a lot of scientific apparatus. I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we brought you. (laughs) I'm guessing you've probably left a fair bit of that in the hotel room, just though, because it's going to be heavy, isn't it? Um, So I have in my backpack most of the stuff that I would actually want. Nice. Um, Okay. And I keep my tool belt, and I took all these stupid skills in being resourceful for that reason. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's fine then. Um, so yes, if if in the rather cramped quarters, you know, this small little hut that's designed for one or two people, that's now got seven of you in there. So you know, you're, you're clearing a bit of space to set up your equipment. Um, you can start. You can start doing so and analyzing the little blood sample you've got. I well, while you're doing that, okay. I mean, Nera will quite happily. You know, talk about you know anything and everything. You know, telling you lots of local folklore and uh, all sorts of you know weird old stories about Lake Titicaca and the surrounding area. What I will say though is, while this is going on, give me a listen roll. All of us. It's a mm, fail. Fail. <laughs> uh, Forty-nine versus sixty. Uh, okay. I got a twenty. Forty-six Sorry, out of fifty-five. I got a twenty-three versus twenty. I'll spend the three points of luck. Okay, so the three of you who passed, you know, even with the the distractions of Nera talking and you know Tess working on on her her sample there, sort of hear what sounds like a a muffled cry and a thump coming from somewhere outside, not not too far away from the hut. Uh, you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. It sounds like we've got company, no. guys. Someone here? 
well, I think this is a good time to step out of our two-person hut with seven people in it and have a smoke. <laughs> Overwhelm them with numbers? <laughs> oh, we're going to end up um, three stooges in this, aren't we, going out the door? <laughs> <laughs> so who's going out to take a look? I will. I'll go out as well. I'll pull my pistol and go out. Or my revolver, I should. I'll fire out also. Okay, so Dwayne, Jackson, and McNulty. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I'll come to you. I'll bring my shotgun. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then, yeah, I mean, you head outside, and it, it's still overcast. There's still not a lot of moonlight on the water. Uh, so, you know, very, very low light here. You could give me spot hidden rolls, particularly as you've been inside, you know, with a bit of light, you know, just to try to pick out anything in the darkness. Oh, fuck. I rolled a 99. Oh. Extreme success. <laughs> just a regular success. Uh, a fail. Okay, so, you know, uh, certainly Dwayne immediately, you know, kind of looks around and sees... You know, towards the back of the hut, there is you know, a body lying there you know, on the ground and uh, a shape hunched over it. And you can see you know, a couple of other lurking shapes there. Um, you know, just, just as you're about to try to tell the others about it, you're slightly distracted by a splash. Uh, as, as Jackson you know, walks back to get a better look and just walks off the edge of the, of the island and into the water. Oh, God, they got him. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Oh, no, quick, save him. Um, Someone jump in after him. I, I am... Uh, yes. I am not going to take my eyes off of this thing hunched over. Um, so I am going to lift my gun toward it, but if I can't tell what it is, I'm not going to shoot yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can tell it's a human shape, but I mean, it, well, actually, no, you've got an extreme spot in the You can tell that it's a woman, uh, you know, leaning over. Uh, this the, the shape of a man lying down there. Okay, is it? Uh, but like, like as, as I said, you can see a couple of other shapes behind her, you know, further back in the darkness, who seem to be moving in this direction. Okay, um, <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna uh, uh, basically shout: uh, Is are, are they okay? to see if, if maybe she's taking care of somebody that's injured, but I did see a fat sucking vampire latch onto Tess once, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to walk up to it. Are there any lanterns nearby? Because you mentioned some before. There, there, there's one in the hut that's lighting everything in there is what Tess is using to work at the moment. Uh, I think that's nearby. One in there. Uh, no, that, that's it. I have a flashlight, but Okay, you've got a, you've got a flashlight, yeah. say. But I, I've also got my hands on my rifle, so. Right. Yeah, you're not going to be able to use the flashlight. Did think so. When you call out to the woman, I mean, you know, she 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 leans up a bit, I, and uh, she says, no, "No, come over here." She says in Spanish, "He's been hurt. Someone's some, someone's hurt him. I I, I need help." And can, can, does her face look like the big sucker thing we saw before? 
<laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's difficult to tell in this light, but her voice sounds perfectly normal. Oh, well then. <laughs> I guess... Do, do I hear this? Oh, yes. From the inside? Okay. I'd like to step out. And if it's dark, um, can I just take the lantern with me? Uh, sure, yes. Some... Yeah. I'm going to shed some light on the sitch. <laughs> okay, so while you're doing that, was Dwayne heading over to, to help? I'm I'm gonna be taking a step closer, I'm st- but like I also want to see these other figures that are back there. Dwayne is really paranoid right yeah. now. <laughs> Did you say Elias had fallen into the water? Yes. So I'm gonna say so Sebastian's gonna run forward and try and like reach into the water and try and find him. He's like his hand out. Here, here, Jackson, Mister Jackson, just I've got you. Just reach out, grab my hand. I throw him the hand that has a gun in it and grab. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, falling into the water um, is, I mean, it's bad enough anyway, but the water is really damn cold this time of night. Uh, so, yeah, this is a real shock to your system. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jackson is, is shivering and shaking at this stage here uh, while he's floating in there. So have we fished him out or is he still in? So, so you're in the process of fishing him out. Okay. So Dwayne was... Was taking a few cautious I'm steps. I'm stepping closer until I can at least get a good look at the figures behind and what she's doing to this person that's on the ground. Okay. Uh, yeah, so you get you know, a, a bit closer. And, um, yeah, that, uh, that's the point at which Tess comes out with the lantern and, and flashes it over there. And you can see that the, the, the figure on the ground is one of the fishermen you saw earlier. And his, his throat's been cut, there's blood everywhere. Uh, and, and the woman is, is sort of kneeling there over him. Uh, she, you know, in the light, she's suddenly trying to hide it a little bit behind the body. But you can see that she's got a big knife in her hand. And, you know, as, as you know, obviously as the, uh, you know, as, as she's been sussed, uh, she leaps forward with a knife to try to stab you in the throat. I would like to shoot her in the face. Well, I, I was just thinking, <laughs> is that actually a good place to break this episode? Or? Yeah, that's a really oh. good place to leave this episode. <laughs> shoot her in the face. Thank you so much for listening. We really do hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, if you want to find more of what we do, you can find our Call of Cthulhu one-shots, our Two-Headed Serpent campaign, as well as our Dungeons & Dragons Curse of Strahd campaign on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you can find podcasts. You can also find a lot more at howrollpodcast.com. If you cannot wait until, well, hopefully next week before hearing the next Master of Nine and Other Type game, you can find the next episodes right now and much, much more at our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash howrollpodcast. For $5 a month, you get early access to all our shows, including and and also some really cool Patreon content, including the Call of Cthulhu scenario, The Space Between, our playthrough of Cult Divinity Lost, and our current Patreon exclusive, which is Amid the Ancient Trees. Before we go, I want to say a huge thank you to all our Patreons. We literally could not do the show without you. And our newest Patreons, who are Anubis Summer, Bennett Siebert, and Ketis. Thank you so much. We also want to say a huge thank you to BattleBars.com, who have provided much of the sound and music you've heard in this podcast. I highly recommend checking them out at BattleBars.com. And lastly, our friends over at Idle Chambers of the Forgotten Realms have a gold chess code just for you. All you need to do is log into the game and enter this code. B-E-E-N-K-U-T-U-O-D-A-S. That is all from us, and we'll be back very, very soon. Thanks again for listening.